interested in learning more about emerging energy and power technologies, or interested in helping your organization save money, or find out what is in the works to build a sustainable energy future? If you have answered yes to any of these, you are in the right place. This is Brightest Bulbs. Today, we will dive into the exciting world of connectivity and explore how businesses are extracting tangible, real-life value out of their connected power and energy solutions. This is Thomas Hillick, host of Brightest Bulbs podcast and webinars. Norbert Musterer and Dana Miller are joining our conversation today. Norbert and Dana are bringing in their in-depth experiences from working with partners in various sectors to find the right energy and power solutions. Norbert, Dana, thanks for joining us today. Exciting to have you. We start each episode with a short question, just to learn a little bit about our guests. What is one thing on your bucket list? Thanks, Thomas. This is Dana. Uh, one day, and Norbert, not to worry, this would be at least 10 years from now, but I would like to find a gig evaluating vacation resorts. I love to travel and I enjoy variety. So everything from ski resorts to beach resorts, it would be great to get paid to critique while enjoying those resort services. One item very high on my bucket list is also travel related, just like with Dana. I'm hoping at some point to take a trip on the Trans-Siberian Railway. I uh, have not decided if I go west to east or east to west. Maybe I should just go in both directions, but uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that one day. So both of you, are, you're really into traveling, so you must be suffering a lot these days. Let's move to connectivity. Connectivity might mean different things to different people. So instead of trying to put a definition to it, why don't we each give an example on connectivity to set the context for today's episode? Dana? Sure, I can start. I'll share an example in our rail market segment. We partner with various rail operators and locomotive manufacturers to offer different power solutions from diesel engines to fuel cells. And many of these partners are opting to integrate with their existing connected solutions. And what we bring to the table at Cummins is deeper engine insights. So data is being collected off the machines to remotely track and report on the engine performance, for example. And combined with our connected product called Preventech, customers can receive timely and descriptive recommendations, all thanks to connectivity. I spend my time with microgrids. Microgrids often use a combination of different power sources, solar panels, diesel or natural gas generators to power the system and match it with the fluctuating energy demand. Often within these microgrids, an intelligent control system tracks generation from different power sources and how the demand is actually changing. This intelligent control unit then figures out the optimal power mix at any given moment, all thanks to connectivity. Yeah, my example is more consumer example, close to home, in fact, in my home. I have a small generator installed at the side of my home, which helps me out every time the grid power goes down, which is happening quite a bit in the last few years. And I used to have an old unit that used to do its job. I got a new one from Cummins two years ago, and it now has remote access capabilities. So not only does it provide power 
to my house when the utility does not supply me, but I can also monitor and do exercise checks and monitor a lot of other vital parameters remotely. So it's definitely a big improvement, again, due to connectivity compared to the generator I used to have in the past. Thank you, Norbert. There's something inherently cool about these connectivity stories. But let's move beyond the coolness and pivot into what matters the most. Which values and benefits are users extracting from these connectivity solutions, Dana? Yeah, great question, Thomas. And, and this is why, why we're working in this space. So in the rail example I shared earlier, I'll describe two main benefits. The first is, is really around financial gains for the operations. And this could be found in shortened diagnostic time or better planning to have the parts that are, are actually needed. And, and finally, aligning maintenance events alongside with repair events so that our downtime is minimized. So that's the first one. Second key benefit is, is really peace of mind for our maintenance staff who have the added protection now of 24 by 7 engine monitoring. And that automated solution, I'll say, helps identify problems before they actually become issues. So connectivity allows companies to optimize and ensure the expected high performance of their products. I would like to stick to my microgrid example. And by the way, if you're interested in microgrids, also have a look at our episode number two. There are various benefits that investors and operators actually get from microgrids. First one is resilience. Microgrids allow for a more local way of producing power. Microgrids can be run in an island mode. That means you do not really depend so much on the power grid. This local aspect makes power generation much more robust. Second benefit is sustainability. Basically, microgrids allow for integrating renewable energy sources. So you can reduce your carbon footprint by adding renewables. Third aspect is the financial aspect. Today, renewables, especially in sunny or windy locations, are more economical than some of the traditional power generation sources. So by integrating these cheaper sources of energy, the total cost of energy might be decreased, especially if you are able to do the integration in an intelligent way. Yeah, and I'll close out maybe with my earlier example about my home generator. The thing where connectivity makes a huge difference for me on the latest model that I installed two years ago with the connectivity feature on it is that I always know the situation in my house. I travel a lot and we had a situation a few months ago where we were on vacation and I could tell that there was a big storm going through our hometown. And I found out from some friends who texted me and told me that the power in our neighborhood was out. And I was able to log on and have clear evidence that the generator was working and that all the rainwater and other things that might have damaged my basement would be pumped out because I still had electricity in my basement. So again, a lot of peace of mind, not worrying about my basement getting flooded, my refrigerator going bad or anything else that happens when power is not available. So big, big advantage of having remote access and knowing always exactly the condition of the equipment. And 
I think that's really been the common theme for all three of us in our answers is that the devices, they still do what they always used to do, but we know more about it. We can know about it uh, faster from remote locations, and it just gives everybody both a bigger peace of mind. But there is a, a true financial benefit to having that capability as well, regardless whether you are an operator, a service technician, a business owner. Uh, I think all the people that operate these kinds of machines and, and equipments will definitely benefit from added-on connectivity above and beyond the hardware that we've always used to have. That sounds really cool, Norbert, but isn't there a twist? I'm going to point out the elephant in the room. We are portraying a fairly positive picture here. But connectivity has been around for a while, actually for many years, and not everyone had the most positive experience of it. What do you think differentiates users that extract tangible value out of connectivity, Norbert? Yeah, it's, it's true. I think we've monitored, especially in the industrial equipment space, uh, people have talked about connectivity and had solutions for at least 10 years. And there are lots and lots of examples where it just did not work for the customer, create value for the customer. The, the, the solutions worked, the connectivity was there, the data was transferred. But the value really doesn't get created until the end user extracts more benefits from the equipment because of the connectivity. And, and just having the information isn't the whole answer. That's actually not so hard to do these days. But then once I have the information, how does that really help me run my business better? If, if I get a message that says your oil pressure is dropping, That by itself is connectivity, but that hasn't created any value. It's then really, once I have that message, how do I operate my equipment better, deploy my technicians better, make decisions faster because I know that? Only when I get to that point does the value really show up for me as, as the customer. And, and remarkably enough, many times that extra step of how do I use the information that I have now is quite a bit more complicated than creating connectivity to begin with. Interesting, Norbert. I'm visualizing a mining truck that is operating in the mountains of Chile or a locomotive that is pulling tens of rail cars across the US and then a power generator installed in a healthcare facility. Very different applications. Yet three common problems solved. Let's dive into these three problems solved by connectivity. Norbert, could you start? Yeah, absolutely. The, the first common problem is about availability. I mean, as long as these solutions have been sold by us and others, one of the major benefits to the customer is that the equipment needed to be usable and available. And connectivity is just another way to improve the overall uptime or availability of any of these machines. Again, many facilities, whether they're data centers or hospitals or factories, when they use power generation equipment, it needs to be available when the customer needs it. And connectivity raises many of the failure modes of the past earlier and faster, and then we can address them. And even though availability may have been 99.9% in the past, there's still a 0.1% uncertainty and getting that last uh, 0.1% eliminated, connectivity can make a big difference there. Second is productivity. Dana, could you explain us some more about that? 
Yes, happy to. So I'll describe the second category being productivity. And we consider productivity as getting more out of what you already have, which is particularly important in this environment. We want our equipment delivering more output in the same or less time. If we can enable a continuously running haul truck, for example, to make more trips every day, it means more minerals carried, more production. Workboats in marine can optimize routes and transport faster. So a connected solution might actually recommend adjustments to engine parameters, for instance, allowing a truck or a vessel to accelerate faster, resulting in more round trips each day. So in this way, equipment becomes more productive and gets the job done faster. Great. Third is efficiency. Another one for you, Norbert. Yeah, I mean, efficiency is, is really all about doing more with less. And we now have the ability to monitor real-time operating conditions, environments, and the ability to shave another two, three, four, five, six percent of fuel consumption off or, or fine-tune the operating environment, change the calibrations so that piece of equipment can really do its job in the best possible way gives that end user that additional efficiency. Many of our customers operate with very slim profit margins and finding another way to reduce operating costs by five, 6% may very well mean the difference between being profitable and successful or not being able to compete. So, so there again, connectivity opens a new door to really change the way customers use and experience our solutions. Yeah, that's great, Norbert. And if I can add on to this one around efficiency, um, by adding a safety example. So some of our customers actually operate in, in pretty harsh conditions, high elevation, very hot, very cold. And there's even gensets situated at the top of really tall buildings. So th there's a need for more remote tasks like troubleshooting when not having to stand right next to the product even running compliancy reports on a regular basis. Um, this is where connectivity comes into play in these applications to safely keep our products running. Availability, productivity, efficiency. Let me come back to my microgrid example to show how connectivity can bring these three benefits together. In all the microgrid projects I am involved in, renewables play a major role. So if the sun is not shining, or if the wind is not blowing, another power source has to take over. This can be gensets or battery energy storage. And normally this is enabled by connectivity. So here we address the problem of availability, ready when needed. The second point is about productivity. Connectivity can enable energy storage to cover certain demand peaks. This could actually mean that companies can increase their production output. When it comes to efficiency, connectivity helps microgrids optimize the share of renewables and minimize fuel consumption. So microgrids do more with less. Let's switch to technologies that help businesses extract value out of connectivity. Most of us are already very familiar with remote monitoring, the ability to remotely track certain parameters. Many of us have friends or family members with diabetes, and physicians often use medical devices to remotely monitor their glucose levels. 
Given remote monitoring is just the beginning, what else is there? Dana. Yeah, I would say it's, and Norbert touched on this earlier, but it's what companies do with the vast amounts of data collected that takes things to the next levels. So analyzing the data while products are running with context of those operating conditions is a huge advantage, both to our customers wanting high performance and to our engineers wanting an excellent design. So just beyond remote monitoring, to your question, uh, would be remote diagnostics. And what that means is, is taking fault codes to determine a likely root cause. For example, instead of just alerting you that your oil pressure is low, a connected system with remote diagnostics can also provide insights around possible causes. So it might link that low oil pressure alert with a possible leak or a faulty sensor. Okay, let me go back to my diabetes example. Remote diagnostics there would look like your glucose levels are too high or too low. And here's the potential reason. Exactly right. So let me continue. Another feature is called condition-based maintenance. This feature takes our solution even to the next level. Traditionally, we publish O&M manuals, operation and maintenance manuals that use standard time intervals for maintenance. You bring your car in for an oil change every six months or 10,000 miles these days, whichever comes first. Conditioned-based maintenance measures remaining useful life of a filter or an engine component. So changing these out, while crucial, is, is very costly and may not need to be done right away. It can be stretched to the next maintenance event. That makes sense. In my diabetes example, CBM would look like your glucose levels are too high or too low, the potential reason, and it is time for a dose of insulin to manage your glucose level, right? Yep, that's, that's a perfect example. Um, so I'll go ahead and describe um, an even more advanced feature. We're calling this prognostics, which means we use engineering models in advanced mathematics against historical data sets and current usage and patterns to predict. Predict issues before the failure even happens. So just a simple example, if we have our oil pressure threshold set to 200, The actual pressure is measured at around 150, but there's signs of trending upward. That's when we would go ahead and raise an alert. But how meaningful the alert actually is and the, and the action we can, we can take on it depends on the granularity of the data we're collecting and using to train our algorithms or our models. Again, it's about being smart in how we're leveraging the data to innovate and solve customer problems. Okay, one last time diabetes from my side today. Prognostics would look like your glucose levels are fine now, but are heading towards a glucose excursion in 10 to 60 minutes. Here are recommended actions. Just listening to you on the progression of technologies, it made me think of how human involvement evolves. Let me try to summarize. At the basic level, remote monitoring, connectivity focuses on what happened, and humans do the rest. For connected systems capable of diagnosis, the system focuses on why this has happened, and humans do the rest. 
With CBM and prognosis, the system now tackles the question, what will happen? And in some cases, what should I do? Further minimizing human involvement. Does this sound fair, Norbert? It's exactly right. I, I'll give you two quick examples. The first one back to the generator I have by my house. In the unconnected model I used to have, if it had a technical defect, the way I would have found out about it was probably would have been in the next thunderstorm when the genset was supposed to start and it didn't. My current one, if something is not quite right, it automatically pages my service technician who comes out and takes care of it long before something goes wrong and it can't operate. That That's real value. And to, to contrast that with the second example, for just out of a, a commercial environment, one of the applications that we supply our engines to are commercial marine applications. So if you picture yourself as a captain on a fishing boat and you're up uh, early at two o'clock in the morning ready to go out on the ocean to, to go fishing that day, as you do every day, and all of a sudden there is a warning light on the dashboard of your ship, what do you do then? This is really the moment where value gets created with connectivity and remote uh, monitoring, where in the past, the captain probably would have had to make a decision with very little data and say, I just have a blinking light. Do I go out on the ocean anyway and take a risk and I don't know what will happen? Or do I decide to be careful and stay here and have a technician come in later in the day and uh, maybe it was for no good reason and I wasted several thousand dollars of harvest of my of my fishing trip that day. Now we can very much dispatch a remote monitoring expert to that unit at two o'clock in the morning and they can log into the equipment and say, yeah, we understand what caused that light to flash. You're fine to go or you shouldn't go. Or maybe the, the technician will tell the captain to say, it's okay to go as long as you only operate the equipment in this particular way. And, and that's a real valuable decision that can save lives in that example or can help the financial viability of that fishing captain. So this is really where the value comes. And it's the same equipment always used to be, but it's got that connectivity capability on top of that. And, and you just get in a whole different way of operating some of that machinery. So those would be two quick examples of that. Thanks, Norbert. Um, in your example, you, you brought up a, a really good point that I want to reiterate. And it's, it's about those doing the maintenance or repair work on the product. So beyond just the operators of the equipment, we want to highlight that our connectivity solutions, while they're fancy and advanced, we still don't want to get away from the fact that we need a solid network of capable channel partners who are ready to support needs as they arise. And, and they can better prepare in advance of dispatch and get the job done upon arrival. So the best scenario is using our advanced technology combined with a capable and nearby service network. That's very interesting, Dana. Actually, we have to come to an end now. Let's wrap up this episode with a forward-looking topic. How will connectivity empower the grid of the future? In episode number one, we have covered that renewables, especially solar and wind energy, will play the key role in the energy transition. By the way, this also means that we will have a system with a huge number of decentralized power generation assets. So intermittency and decentralization 
will make it a huge challenge for our national grids to forecast the exact need for generation at any given time. No doubt, energy storage or transmission grid upgrades will be used as part of the equation. However, I personally think the most important factor is to integrate renewables in an intelligent way so that investments in infrastructure will be optimized. And this is where I see connectivity being a key part of the future power grid, where its main focus is the ability to predict the need for generation and orchestrate all the assets to match a given power demand. Yeah, you've got that right, Thomas. I see the big leverage connectivity brings to the future of the grid is around integration and getting that right. More and more, we expect to see integration of digital capabilities across companies and providers for an entire site-wide solution, not just a component or an asset level connectivity solution. So this includes cloud-to-cloud APIs, uh, sharing raw data, and analyzing that data and applying data science and artificial intelligence into our logic that we use to make predictions, all for the purpose of helping customers run and service their products better, and in this case, running the future power grids more effectively. Yeah, and I think in addition to just improving the way the equipment runs and operates, it also puts different market players within the grid in a very, very different position, right? We're all used to a grid where there were a few generators that just pushed power and electricity down into a a network. And all of a sudden, with all this connectivity and the ability to connect with all the other moving pieces in a real-time basis, Players that that used to be just passive consumers of power can now become much more active player. They can use their generation equipment, their solar panels, their gas gensets to to provide and help the grid when there's more demand. Obviously, we're already talking about using storage, uh, decentralized storage, your electric car battery in the future to help that growing challenge of balancing a grid that has so much more unpredictable renewable power in it. So it will also accelerate and enable a faster shift to renewable energies just because we're able to connect so many of the moving pieces in the grid to each other. And and you just couldn't have done that 10 years ago. Great. Thank you, Dana and Norbert, for joining today's episode. It was exciting to hear from you about connectivity in the energy and power sector. For listeners that are interested to learn more about connectivity, especially with regards to energy and power, any resources you would suggest them to look at, Dana? Sure, I find it useful to subscribe to a resource, the Business Watch Network. It sends relevant content to my inbox a few times per week and also opens the window for me to attend webinars, particularly those around how other companies are embracing rapidly evolving technology. Yeah, and for me, it's always helpful to look into industries which uh, are a step ahead in adopting some of these technologies. And I think when you look in today's world, I think a lot of the information technology companies have very much enhanced some of these features, some of the new consumer electronics have remarkable capabilities, whether it's your your Apple Watch or, or other consumer electronics that can really set the stage for what we can do on the industrial and commercial side as well. So 
copying what, what early adopters are doing and bringing it into some of the more conservative, slower adopting environments, like what we are in in most of our markets, is definitely another great source of inspiration. Excellent, Norbert. In addition to Dana and Norbert's suggestions, be sure to visit comments.com slash podcast to find other episodes and more resources. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today for Brightest Bulbs. Our next episode will focus on how our digitized lifestyles at home and at work shape the energy industry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 